0: Blog Talk Radio Good evening everybody, ladies and gentlemen It's the moment you've been waiting for Live from Colin Kaepernick,s PR firm It's the 4th and Inches <laughs> show With your hosts, Jana Kimmel and Scott Swain, A.K.A. the Sherpa Tonight we start off our 7th season Of doing this podcast together With our uh, 2016 Fantasy Preview show Jana, welcome back
1: Welcome back indeed. We have a nice action packed uh, show ahead of us here. I'm excited. We do. I'm all I was very intrigued to find out where we would be coming from this week. I don't know if people don't if people know this, but I never know where we're coming from. I usually don't <laughs> either until about five seconds before
0: the intro. <laughs> it keeps the show interesting, at least for the first five seconds. It's always so. it's
1: always fresh, which is good.
0: And topical, but on the other hand, if you yeah. go back and listen to archived versions, it doesn't do much for you, but,
1: uh, yeah, anyways, right. so, sometimes people just miss our voice.
0: And that's true too, where they miss us, uh, bickering back and forth about the Cowboys and the Giants, our two favorite teams. Um, I'll let don't you figure worry, out which guys. one is Don't worry, guys, we so
1: got plenty of that coming up tonight. <laughs>
0: don't let you figure out who's the Cowboy fan and who's the Giants <sighs> fan, but, um, one of us is happy about the Cowboys' current quarterback situation. One of us is not. Um, nope, so. not at all.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so,
2: but anyway <laughs> on to bigger we digress. and <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. so tonight, so, uh, like you mentioned, we've got the preview show. So uh, for those who are, are tuning in for the first time and have missed the last six years of our antics, uh, it's pretty straightforward Tonight, we're going to take a look at everything you need to have a successful fantasy football season this year. We're going to look at our top performers, top rookies, sleepers, bus. Uh, We might throw in some Super Bowl picks. Let's get crazy. Um, Every now and then, one of us actually hits on one of these, so that's always fun. Um, And we're going to talk about some draft strategy, all that kind of good stuff. Like I said, we've got a lot ahead for you. Uh, We tend to always start off with injuries, which is my least favorite part of the show because I don't get to breathe for several minutes, Um, but tonight it's a condensed list, just injuries and suspensions that may affect you uh, over the last few days here, and then uh, we'll just jump right in, so without further ado, uh, for those of you listening in real time, uh, just a few hours ago, Teddy Bridgewater suffered what they're calling a very serious knee injury at Vikings practice. Uh, It was so bad they actually canceled the remainder of practice, which had just gotten underway. It was a non-contact drill. Right now they're calling it a dislocated kneecap, but he's still getting MRIs and tests done. Uh, We're not going to see Teddy Bridgewater this season. I think that's very clear. So, Sean Hill, his draft stock's rising. (laughs) Um,
0: But from not being drafted to being questionably drafted in a three-team quarterback league
1: a real deep league those are my favorite to play but I'm I'm also a special brand of crazy we'll get to that later I'm sure uh in other quarterback news the thing that has ruined my week is Tony Romo fractured a vertebrae in his back which anybody who's ever had a back injury saw him get hit the other night pretty much knew it wasn't just a bruise he's going to be out for six to ten weeks so uh it's now the beginning of the Dak Prescott era in Dallas and all of a sudden it seems like we're now fighting over Mark Sanchez with the Vikings and my life has now hit a new low. In other news, we've got Steelers wide receiver Martavis Bryant. He's suspended for the entire year. Multiple violations of the substance abuse policy. That's not great. Ben Watson, uh, tight end in Baltimore, tore his Achilles tendon on the first play of their third preseason game. He's done for the year. Titans are are having a real tough time in baltimore it's not a good place to Especially be a tight in baltimore, end right now just
0: got three that are hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not good uh in case you've been living under a rock tom brady's going to miss the first four games of this season from uh, a little thing we like to call deflate gate giants oh, kicker josh brown I've never heard of it yeah so weird right <laughs> uh josh brown the giants kicker is going to be missing one game uh, after being suspended for a domestic violence issue, that story kind of came out of left more. field, but yeah, that's weird. Uh, in quasi unsuspension news, Josh Brown or uh, Josh Gordon goes from being indefinitely suspended to reinstated, but missing the first four games of this season, so he's back. Uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure, later about whether or not you think you should draft him, but he's here. And Tyler Eifert of the Bengals is targeting a week four return. He's got a a pretty gnarly ankle ankle injury. Uh, I'm a little skeptical about week four, but he thinks he's good to go. So we'll see what happens. Uh, And so that's where I'm going to leave injuries for this week. This segment will extend as the season goes on, unfortunately, though.
2: (laughs) And
0: uh, Le'Veon Bell also had his suspension reduced from the first four games to the first three games, which... Yeah. I guess means uh, D'Angelo Williams is worth 25% less than he used to be, which probably wasn't much to begin with. But yeah.
2: I guess we can
0: argue about whether he should be a handcuff for Le'Veon Bell. We'll do that when we get to the running backs. Mm-hmm. So, where
1: so where do you want to start just, today?
0: Uh, why don't we just dive right in with quarterbacks. So how about what's your strategy for, for quarterbacks in a typical make-draft twelve, ten, twelve, fourteen? 10, 12, 14? Draft. Um, what do you do with
1: quarterbacks? Well, you and I How draft very differently, one? and that's that's been well documented over the last few years here, <laughs> and that's part of what makes us great. Um, I tend to take quarterbacks before you do. I I am very much of the theory that I can get a running back later in the draft, which has become more popular over the last year or so, but was pretty well shunned when we started this. Uh, I tend to take a quarterback within. Uh, the second or third round unless I'm drafting really late in the first round I like to go wide receiver quarterback or wide receiver wide receiver quarterback
0: and I guess my counterbalance to that I'm probably more somebody that would wait on a first quarterback try to get somebody who's a quote-unquote sure thing not necessarily the Aaron Rodgers or the Andrew Lux of the world but you know a Ben Roethlisberger or an Elon Manning, somebody like that, a Philip Rivers, and then uh, take a backup quarterback, speculate on a younger guy with high upside. So this year that might be Janice Winston or Marcus Mariota or, or, mm-hmm. or heck, even Trevor Simeon at this point. But
2: Dak uh, Prescott. Uh, or, no,
0: no, I wouldn't <laughs> include him in that group. But um, if you want to and you're playing Jana, then, uh, you know. Yeah, good luck with that. So
1: on. Just keep it coming.
0: <laughs> All right. So But I mean I, I always the... like
1: having I like having the sure thing quarterback because if I you know that's barring an injury, I that's my bread and butter. That's where I'm making my points because like I said, we draft differently and running backs become a way lower priority for me uh, than they do for most people.
0: Alright, so we already talked about injuries and suspensions. For quarterbacks and you mentioned Brady Romo and Bridgewater so how about you know give me your top say three to five quarterbacks you know, that you would want to be drafting this year how would you rank the, the top few quarterbacks
1: <sighs> this this gives me a little bit of agenda um, a lot of people are going to put Cam Newton one overall I it's hard to argue against that I think that there is some upside there um, I, I personally have Aaron Rodgers number one overall on my board just because, again, if you've ever listened to this show previously, I'm not a big Cam Newton fan. And I do think he is going to be a little fired up after you know losing in the Super Bowl and taking a lot of heat last year. Um, but where you would draft him versus the production you're going to get, I don't know if I love the value of him being my number one overall quarterback. I like Russell Wilson a lot this year. I think that with Marshawn Lynch retiring, they're going to go to more of a passing offense. It's going to be a little more balanced, and we saw some good things out of him down the stretch. They have some wide receivers that are starting to kind of come together, and they're not all hurt or disgruntled, and that's a real big help. (laughs) I think he's got the potential to put up some big numbers. Andrew Locke. His uh, spleen and his liver are all in in one piece, and things seem to be working a lot better. His offensive line is terrible, though, which scares the living daylights out of me. Um, I like Ben Roethlisberger probably to round out my top five there. Uh, some people have Drew Brees ranked higher than I do, but I just I'm New Orleans seems like such a disaster zone to me right now. I just I don't like what I'm seeing out of the preseason and and things like that there so that's probably my one through five what does yours look like
0: it's actually the same exact five players but in slightly different Holy order moly. i would put
1: this happened one show last year and it freaked us out where we agreed on just about everything oh
0: yeah, i think we agreed <laughs> on all 14
1: took you know,
0: <laughs> per week in terms of the winners of the games, and that, that's I think the only that time was that terrifying. in six years of doing the <laughs> show, and sure enough, the next week it went back to you know pretty much 50-50 disagreeing on yeah. things. But so, in terms of my top five, I would say Andrew Luck first, although as you mentioned, the offensive line is a concern. I would put Cam Newton second. You just you don't have that kind of you know, running and passing in combination with anybody else just yet. You know, there may be you know, Jameis Winston at some point, but not quite yet. Uh, and he's getting Kelvin Benjamin back this year, so I think that's a good sign. He obviously right. has the
1: Yeah, that's going to be. Craig that could Olson. be a very dangerous uh, quarterback receiver uh, duo there.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that Jonathan Stewart or any other running back there is going to stay healthy for a whole season. So that's. <laughs> Something to consider. Ben Roethlisberger would be my number three. Yeah, I think I mean, he's probably going to lead the league in passing yardage this year. But it's just a question of you know when they get down near the goal line, does he pass it in or do they let you know Le'Veon Bell or DeAngelo Williams run it in? You know, Ladarius Green being out is, is a bit of a concern. But you know, anytime you have a tight end named Jesse James, I guess you have to uh, you know be happy about that. Russell Wilson yeah. would be my fourth. You know, just tight end-wise, You know, I think it's going to be hard for Jimmy Graham to be much worse than he was last year. You we know, given him a pass first year you know, acclimating to a new system, but I think this year better things will happen for him. Marshawn Lynch is gone. We'll see how much you know, the ground game time 12 can pick up or, or CJ proceeds, but uh, we'll see. And then Aaron Rodgers would be my fifth. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big help to get Jordy Nelson back this year, but I think Eddie Lacy will probably be better, which might take some of the pressure off of him for the passing game, but it might also result in more rushing touchdowns this year than Green Bay had last year. So anyway, good to see that uh, we have the same general top five, so yeah. even if the order differs a little bit. So uh, Top-out uh, rookies, not that there's much to pick from this year, but um, yeah, after Christian Hackenberg, who would you rank as your top rookies? I,
1: I mean, honestly, it's really hard to say just because I don't think a lot of the rookies are going to see enough playing time to make it worth drafting, that I think they're going to add enough value to my fantasy team. Um, obviously, some of the teams that it looks like, uh, you know, the Broncos, a guy like Paxton Lynch, I think will see time because I don't think this is – Trevor Simeon is necessarily the end all and be all I like him a lot more than I like Christian Hackenberg I've just never been a Hackenberg fan uh it looks like we're gonna see a lot of Dak Prescott unfortunately I'm not excited about that he's great I think he has the potential to put up some big numbers because he's behind the best offensive line in the league but I, I just this is not a year of the quarterback Carson Wentz already has broken ribs he can't get into the game uh Bradford is going to be ineffective. We'll see Carson Wentz at some point. Jared Goff is the biggest name, but all that pressure, I just, I don't love any of the scenarios for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and Hackenberg did not make my list, but I should have put hashtag Barthasen after I mentioned him before.
2: Jared Goff
0: (laughs) would be my top one, even if Case Keenum starts the season, which they say he will. Jeff Fisher says he will. I think we probably see Goff before the end of the first month you know, once yeah, I a mean, the, the prompt
1: and circumstance of L.A. And, and needing, you know, to have the big splash, it's just he's going to be out there at some point.
0: And with arguably one of the best running backs in the league there, too, that'll take some of the pressure off. And I think the receiving core is probably a little better than it's been in years past, so that's a good thing. If I would rank him first, then just by default, I think you have to put back Prescott in, in second um, most likely quarterback to succeed, you could argue first, just because he's starting the beginning well, I mean, of, the just, of the season. Just for the, the, the sheer
1: uh, ability of the amount of touches he's going to get versus a lot of other guys, right away, he's probably going to put up more points.
0: Well, and I think part of that's going to depend, too, if they go out and trade for, uh, you know, for Mark Sanchez or whether they sign a Mark Sanchez or an Austin Davis or somebody like that. Uh, Theme. and now, of course, they have competition for Minnesota, presumably, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that shapes out, but at this point, just in terms of knowing the playbook, I think they've got to go with Dak Prescott for better or worse against the Giants in their opener and then see what happens yeah. after that, but yeah, So you're welcome, Lynch, I think, Sherpa.
1: Here's the gift of a rookie quarterback playing for the Cowboys, Game 1. Enjoy.
0: Well, <laughs> the, the Giants need all the help they can get is evidenced by their offensive woes in preseason but again I don't really think that counts for much I suspect we'll see the same old Eli that never misses a game and throws for
2: 4,500
0: yards and he's going to throw two picks every week but you know he might as long as he throws (laughs) three or four touchdowns he can live with a couple (laughs) picks and I mean, I'm not really in a place to judge because I'm
1: pretty much operating with a team that has to score, like, 35 points to have a chance at winning because my defense is really suspect. But, you know, it's neither here nor there.
0: This will be the year Sean Lee stays healthy for the whole season.
1: God, I hope so.
0: (laughs) All right, and then (laughs) rounding up my top four for rookie quarterbacks would be Carson Wentz. Eventually the ribs will heal and eventually Sam Bradford will I
1: I haven't been upset with what I've seen out of Carson Wentz I mean obviously living in the Philadelphia area I I more or less by default need to watch Eagles games and he's looked decent in the chances he's had um, but that that offensive line is not the best one to play behind either so this might not be his last injury or last set of broken ribs this year
0: No we can can only hope but um, so in terms of Leapers, who who are the ones that you would, you know, be looking to after those top five we discussed throughout off the board?
1: I just, I think that there are a lot of quarterbacks that have high ceilings, but you also have to take a little bit of risk. You mentioned Jameis Winston before. He's got a way healthier receiving core. They were decimated by a lot of injuries, and that's a defense that's up and coming, still very young, but I think overall that team as a whole and Jameis Winston are going to see a lot of upside. I think Marcus Mariota is on track to have a much better season. He finished stronger. I I mean, we saw a couple of good weeks and a couple of really bad weeks out of him. But, again, Tennessee is sort of starting to get their act together. I don't think they're quite in the same spot that Tampa Bay is. Um, And then I'm intrigued by Robert Griffin III. Um, I'm not ready to go all in on him. But I think that he could really flourish in that Hugh Jackson offense, um, you know, kind of being out of the limelight a little bit, being in Cleveland. It's a little different media market than in D.C. I just, I think that he has the potential to make something out of what essentially was nothing. We were getting no production out of him. It's going to go up, I think, that he's got a chance.
0: I hope you're right about that. But I actually have him on my bus list, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, – yes. So as far as my sleepers go, I love Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. I know last year he was under the radar, and this year people are expecting some regression, but I think they've got a good running game with T.J. Elvin and Chris Ivory to complement him. he's got uh, um, uh, Allen Robinson there and Alan Hurd as receivers. Uh, he's got uh, – Julius Thomas is a tight end. Yeah, I think he's he's got all the weapons there, and if he can stay healthy and stay fairly accurate, I think he's one of the young up-and-comers. On the other end of the scale, I'll go with someone who's old and not so reliable, but that would be Jay Cutler. Again, his receiving core was decimated by injuries last year, yeah. especially on Sean Jeffery, but still managed to have a pretty good season, and yeah, I, I just think with Matt Forte gone, their running game unlikely to be as good as it's been in years past. I think that will force him to throw a bit more, and I think he's somebody you could probably count on for 4,200 to 4,500 yards this year, but we'll see. Jameis Winston, love him. He would be uh, another sleeper. Um, Eli Manning, as we <laughs> referred to before, and Phillip Rivers. Not so much sleepers, but more just those all reliable guys that might not make the Pro Bowl, or not, you know, might not be first team all pro, but you know, somebody that you can reliably count on to play every game and to throw for a decent amount of yardage with a good receiving core and not much of a running game.
1: Yeah, that's true. What about your uh, quarterback bus? What are you thinking this year?
0: I've got three names, as I already alluded to RG3, I think. I, I sure hope he does a lot better. It would be nice to see his career. Turnaround in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't had a, They haven't won a championship in any sport in Cleveland in about three months now. So I know, you know what a drought. Pressure, like I don't know the how they even go on. pressure is obviously on there.
1: Yeah, I don't either.
0: <laughs> but uh, somehow that's what he has to wake up and face every morning. But uh, Kirk Time's Cousins, I think it's somebody else that. Yeah, I think is probably a little bit more hype than reality although with the running back injuries in Washington, he's going to have to throw a lot. So hopefully he'll justify the hype, especially since I traded for him with a first-round pick in a dynasty league where I had Peyton Manning and RG3 as my quarterback. So hopefully uh, I'll be wrong about that. Real sorry to hear about that. (laughs) It's okay. We all have our crosses to bear, so to speak. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick is another one that I think
2: just -hmm. the
0: hype. uh, Outpaces the production there. Had a decent season last year, but just spits a bit in the last week of the season when they could have made the playoffs. And I just think that he's unlikely to be as good as he was last year, especially given the off-season holdout and the lack of prep time with his receivers. The running game should be a little bit better with Matt Forte you know they lost Chris Ivory but you know they add Matt mm-hmm. Forte so that's probably a wash maybe a little bit of a game so I just not real sanguine about his prospects but how about you
1: I totally agree with you on Ryan Fitzpatrick he's on my list uh I've also got Drew Brees uh, I just I'm really worried about this New Orleans team I'm sure he'll come out even though he's 37 and you know uh, this just a revolving door of receivers and and running backs and he's still without Jimmy Graham, his security blanket. I'm sure he'll come out and prove me wrong, but I just, I don't like what I'm seeing just across the board from this offense. I have, I just, I feel like it's going to be a tough year for the saints. Um, breeze is kind of on the wrong side of, of 35 here. And I know he's, I mean, he's been very healthy, which has been phenomenal. Um, But I just, I'm a little worried about it. We'll see how it goes. Matt Stafford, another guy. um, Granted, you know, a lot of people aren't drafting him as their only quarterback in a league. But without Calvin Johnson, who was far and away his security blanket, they have some potential upside in the wide receiver core. But I think Stafford is just going to have a hard time adjusting here. And he took... A lot of beatings last year, and that's hard to kind of get out of your mind. I think he might have some trouble. Blake Bortles, who I love, if you've listened to this, you know I'm a big Blake Bortles fan, and I don't necessarily think he's going to have a bad season. I just think that where he's drafted in a lot of leagues, you're not going to get their production because too many people are looking at what he did last year and assuming it's going to keep building. Um, I just don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to put those kind of numbers up again, especially with – you know, having a healthier run game because they just at, at some points they just didn't know who they were going to start at running back last season some weeks. Um, I don't think he's going to be called on as much to be trying to come from behind and make those deep throws and, and having to be the entire offense. So I think his production is going to decrease. I don't necessarily think he as a quarterback is regressing. Just fantasy value-wise where you're drafting him is too high.
0: Alright, well, well put. So you have quick portals on your bus list and i have rg3 on my bus list and that
2: um you know we have
0: them so flopped on on sleeper list. so we'll we're already yeah. disagreeing on some things which is always good for for business
2: it
1: feels it feels so, like we're back in the saddle
0: <laughs> we're, we're getting there If not i'm sure we will be after running back so <laughs> speaking of running backs let's uh Let's get to those now. How about strategy-wise? I know we're going to disagree on this, but um, what's your strategy is in terms of, of drafting running backs?
1: Okay, so what I've done for years and has now kind of become uh, you know, a, a whole concept now is, if you want to call it something, it's kind of the zero running back series, sort of how I play. Um, the idea that I, I'm not drafting a running back with my first or second or a lot of times even third-round pick because I'd rather take my chances later on, especially now with so many teams being running back by committee. And the uh, one team, I went against the grain last year, and I drafted more in the sense of Sherpa than myself, and I got totally killed with injuries. My first two running back picks both got hurt. It was a nightmare. I did terribly. It made me incredibly sad. Um, so I'm going back to the old standby. Uh, I tend to – <laughs> I got burned once, I'm done with it. <laughs> but I tend to you wait until pick later. You could
0: with your wide receiver last year like I did and gotten totally burned by that. So
1: there. <laughs> I, I just figure if the points I can get production-wise for where I draft a wide receiver, if I take an elite wide receiver in my first two rounds and get a, a solid quarterback – I I feel a lot more secure than I do if I'm taking a running back first overall, because um, quite frankly, if his name's on Adrian Peterson, it's just not working out for a lot of people. So I tend to go uh, more the handcuff route and and take guys in the middle of the draft and hope I get more upside that they hit their ceiling and then I'm not broken up when they lose their jobs or get injured and my life just you know tanks in other ways. It's just not because of running backs. <laughs> Well, so i
0: a little bit there we go. on the opposite <laughs> side of the. I have evolved. You'd be happy to know that in one PPR league this summer, I actually did go with wide receivers in both of the first do two see, Do see? you see how we both up,
1: have we've both done it one time?
0: <laughs> well, my way hasn't failed yet, or I should say, oh, your yeah, way yeah. hasn't failed yet. So <laughs> see, at least it go. hasn't failed me yet. But so yeah, I, I went. I think. It was a PPR league, 12 team, or no, it was 14 team, and I had maybe the 12th pick, and I think I went with Keenan Allen in spite of last year, and Amari Cooper with the first two picks, and still wound up getting Thomas Wells as my first running back at the end of the third round. So if he stays right I see that
2: could
1: absolutely work okay.
0: out, right? yeah and everything's okay, and then I'll apologize to you for all the years of telling you what a dumb strategy that is. but... is. Uh, I'm 100% a hundred percent sure
1: that there will be no apology coming my way. <laughs> I'm not saying not, this won't work. Me. I'm just saying that you're going to forget this by the end of the season, and no, somehow no, some I, way... <laughs> I, have a, I
0: have a pretty bit I have a pretty long memory, especially with perceived flights from the past so <laughs>
1: yes. which which is why even though we do a show together, I'm still your number one nemesis. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So <laughs> in terms of running back strategy I would go with you know, just as you alluded to, more and more running backs by committee. I'm a position scarcity guy, so I want to make sure I get at least one and preferably two, sometimes even three of the guys that are you know the ones that have you know lock solid mm-hmm. you know hold on the, the job the Adrian Peterson's and the top girlies of the world. Of course, you're not getting either of those unless you either pick with a room full of Janas or you pick, you know, the first We could all be so lucky. <laughs> we could all be so lucky. So I want to get at least one running back in the first two rounds, probably two in the first four rounds, and then my backup picks I'll stock up pretty equally between wide receivers and running backs and forego most other positions then. So, well and because you, know, you your approaches. strategy
1: to get a little off topic here, your strategy is, is similar to mine in some regards once we get into the season in that you like to be able to play matchups, so you like having that depth on your you know, your bench so to speak, that you can mix and match there versus just sticking with one essential lineup all year long.
0: I like them to be on my fantasy bench, but not on a real life bench, which is why the handcuff guys go. you know
2: <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean I guess you could Drafty Angela Williams in hopes that you know Le'Veon Bell has too much fun during his three games off and gets suspended for even longer. But I'm not sure that's mm. really a winning strategy. It's
1: not not a great strategy, but it's a strategy. So there's that. There is that. Uh, we
0: actually have quite a long list of injuries. Not not all the season-ending variety, but you know, they're quite. Everyone's a few backs up already. up, and you, know, you have Dion Lewis. You know, Le'Veon Bell, we already mentioned, is being suspended. Jamal Charles coming back from a major knee injury. Carlos Hyde, mm-hmm. I think, had a concussion last game. Matt Jones in Washington yep. has a shoulder He's he a shoulder
1: injury. Mm-hmm.
0: Keith Marshall, one of his backups, is also hurt. Kenneth Dixon, rookie in in Miami, um, excuse me, in Baltimore, is hurt. Kenyon Drake, running I mean, rookie in Miami, is hurt. Wendell Smallwood, r- rookie in Philadelphia is hurt, so apparently it's not a good year to be a rookie running back unless you name it Ezekiel Elliott. Which nope. should make yeah, you very true.
1: happy. I'm still bitter about that pick. But that's that's probably a whole other show for me to air my grievances what? over the Cowboys draft. God, I just wanted to. Sorry over which players. one? Uh, I just I I really wanted Ezekiel Elliott to be a defensive player, not a running back. But you know, it's been a few months. I'm working on getting over it. Clearly, uh, it's not going great for me. But, you know, if he if he scores a couple of touchdowns, maybe my tune will change. But I wouldn't have been mad if he was Jalen Ramsey. That's that's kind of what I was looking for out of the draft. Okay, well. <sighs> but who, who we, who you... Ezekiel Elliott, since we are going to segue into running backs here, has a, a pretty good shot of putting up some decent points for you this year.
0: He also has a pretty good shot of getting caught in a head shop, apparently
1: hundred percent chance that he's going to get suspended for something substance abuse related at some point here (laughs) i I would strongly uh, suggest handcuffing in the cowboys backfield
0: well he's like well i don't know maybe he'll be handcuffed somewhere else but it's
1: possible he is a
2: cowboy
0: darren mcfadden probably not the right uh handcuff this year i guess Alfred Morris I like a lot. But I Actually, be I'm a big Cop.
1: Alfred Morris fan in this offense.
0: Um, uh, I couldn't really understand why he just sort of languished there in Washington. I didn't think Matt Jones was all that great. but
1: Well, I also uh, kind of he, felt like because we had Alfred Morris, we did not need to go be spending a first-round draft pick on a running back. But I guess I'm not watching Alfred uh, Morris every day at practice, and the Cowboys are, so maybe they know something I don't. I just felt like behind yeah. that offensive line, Alfred Morris could have been a thousand-yard running back, but you know, we'll see.
0: But I think behind that line, Ezekiel Elliott is potentially a fifteen-hundred-yard running back, yeah. and that's where I think the difference is. And he's also. It also really appreciate catcher. if he
1: wore like full shirts and not like cut-off shirts all the time. Like just just one yeah, time, let's get a full-length shirt on.
0: Harder <laughs> to tackle that way.
1: That's true. <laughs>
2: Um, so what about your, could you your imagine top five lady running with back? If <laughs> he
0: a half shirt, that would be kind of a, oh,
2: that
0: would be mixing and matching the wrong things there. But uh, anyway, hey. it'd be impossible to take down by the jersey and everybody be, you know, grabbing his dreadlocks all day. That, that wouldn't be a good combination. Mm, so there, it's probably top, not great. Five, top five, I'm going to go, actually, I'll surprise you, I think. I'll take Ezekiel oh. Elliott to be my top running back overall this season, so that's how much You're I think of him. So.
2: <laughs> Once again. <laughs>
0: Alright, well, second overall, this will probably be a surprise because I tend to stay away from guys that are um, moving to new teams just because of the uncertainty there, but I actually like Matt Forte with the Jets quite a bit. Part of that due yeah. to my perceived or anticipated uh, regression for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, but I, I do like him a lot, even though he is getting a little bit long in the tooth. He's still on the right side of 35, as you pointed out. Okay. I think he's on the wrong side of 30 now, or soon will yeah. be. So that's there's that. Um, David Johnson. How could you not like what he did at the end of the year for Arizona? I'm so, so excited
1: so. about his season. I think he's gonna he's have definitely such a career.
0: But again, if you're not picking a running back in the first round, in all likelihood, you're not getting. He's never going to be on any of
1: my teams. But I would be happy if he was.
0: <laughs> Maybe someone <laughs> will trade him to you for Ezekiel uh, Elliott at some point.
1: Oh, I'm but, have uh, him. I'm not dropping Ezekiel Elliott anywhere.
0: Adrian Peterson would be my fourth ranked. I mean, it's hard to argue with his production, and you could argue that with with um. Teddy Bridgewater going down possibly for the season that his value might actually increase if anything. Mm -hmm. But again, just I know he's a freak of nature and I know he didn't play much two years ago, but it's just hard for me to imagine that guy keeping up that level of production into his thirties, but we'll see if anybody Mm -hmm. can do it. He probably can. And then uh, Todd Gurley would round out my top five and excited to see what he can do, you know, in Los Angeles,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have any real beef with your top five, except obviously where you put Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and uh, just a side note, uh, an alert just came through ESPN that Teddy Bridgewater tore his ACL and has other structural damage in his knee, so he is definitely done for the year. Um, now, one side of the logic says Adrian Peterson's value is going to go up, but then I'm kind of more of the belief that it almost hurts his value a little bit because without having a clear... Backup quarterback plan because 36 year old Sean Hill is not not a, an elite option for a team. I think that it almost is detrimental to Adrian Peterson because every defense knows the run game is going to be where you know they have to score their points. That Sean Hill's good. He's serviceable. He's a good backup, but he's essentially going to be a 500 quarterback. He's not going to go out there and win a gritty game for you necessarily. Where everyone's going to be keying in on Adrian Peterson, so he's in my top five. Uh, I I probably had him number two overall going into this. He might drop to three or four for me, but he's still in the top five. Um, I'm I'm Here's incredibly excited. One. I I have David Johnson as my number one, which is not, you know, I a lot of people have him in their top five. I don't think a lot of people have him one overall, but I think that Arizona is going to have a great year. Carson Palmer is not a spring chicken. Uh, I think they're gonna, you know, still be able to utilize Blanker him and his chicken. arm. <laughs> he's, he's more like a chicken sandwich now. That's how far past his prime he is. But um, I think that David Johnson's gonna just blend really nicely. And having had the experience and the attention from last year is just gonna give him kind of even more veteran presence coming into this season. So I'm very excited about him. Uh, I'm excited about the Cardinals overall which uh spoiler we'll get to when we talk about Super Bowl picks but uh Todd Gurley uh had number 2 on my well I had Peterson too but I have Todd, Todd Gurley up there as well uh in LA uh, they're going to they just need some big plays and that's going to come from Todd Gurley he's just he's so good I like Ezekiel Elliott it terrifies me having him as the Cowboys quarterback just because I just don't I don't know if he's the right fit there I think behind that offensive line, anyone's going to be able to put up big numbers, but I like Alfred Morris a lot, and I think we're going to see a lot of him come on as the season goes, but Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. It's just a matter of if he can take it. So, I think that he's going to have a good year. When Le'Veon Bell comes back from his suspension, I think he's going to be a workhorse, but you got to eat those first three weeks, and not everybody wants to do that.
0: <laughs> I'm not willing to do that. With, with one I'm, of the top I'm not
1: willing to do it. I'm absolutely willing to take him in a very late round if he falls.
0: I don't think he'll fall. I, mean, the, the draft I don't that think I've he will
1: either, but so if, far, if by some
2: reason by that the happens, I would
1: take him. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm not willing to take in him it.
1: in a, a top, you know, in in a fourth or fifth round, I'm not willing to take him and stash him for three weeks. I'd rather take somebody who's going to play all 16 games. Agreed. So,
0: yeah. how about um, top rookies? The guys I have on my list are probably, you yeah, not too different from yours. But Ezekiel Elliott is head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. We've got D um, J Provis in in Seattle. He has it's a chance that Thomas Rolls can't stay healthy, of course, because he has had his own injury problems this preseason. You've got DeAndre Washington in Oakland, Paul Perkins in, in um, New York, how could I forget? Um, Howard <laughs> New in York, Chicago, New York. Dixon in Baltimore. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Henry can do, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, what he can do in. Mm-hmm. Um, in Jacksonville, there, I didn't mean, know in Jacksonville, um, you know, wait a minute, is in Jacksonville, I'm getting all confused. And it's the Okay, pre-season I got you all
1: tangled shows. up already. <laughs> doesn't,
0: yeah, doesn't bode well for me, but Derek Henry I met, you know, with Tennessee, uh, um, I like him as a rookie, and, you know, let's see who else is on my list, um, Marshall in, in Washington, Smallwood in Philadelphia, Ferguson yeah. in Indianapolis and uh, Drake in Miami. For, Those for as nights. much as
1: rookie running backs have been injured and dinged up this this preseason, I think there's a lot of upside to them this year, especially with how many teams are going running back by committee and don't have necessarily clear-cut uh, elite number one running backs. That there's a lot of opportunity for a guy to come in and really make some waves, and I think that's that's pretty exciting. We haven't. I don't think we've necessarily had a running back class that had as much potential as this this year's does not necessarily that they're more talented than some other years just that the opportunities that they have there I think are better than a lot of years past
0: it seems like somebody's always emerging you know last year I guess TJ Elvin was probably the top running back rookie running back yeah. after that and you know, Thomas Hulls blew everybody away so yeah it's you yeah see what happens there how about uh sleepers give me your sleeper running backs uh
1: you know it's again it's kind of hard to say with all the running back by committee i quite frankly the running back i'm most excited about and he falls in the rookie category as well as deandre uh, washington in oakland um i think that quite frankly like worst case he's going to end up kind of in that vulture role but best case i think he really could steal the show here That Oakland offensive line is really kind of snuck up on people with how good they are. I think they're a top-five offensive line easily in this league. And I think Latavius Murray, he's on my bus list. I think he has the potential to really be kind of a dud this year, and DeAndre Washington's going to be able to capitalize on that. Um, Really, he's the running back I'm most excited about.
0: Okay. um, I have... Eddie Lacy for a bounce back here, especially after week three, after he goes on the bye and gets his dreadlocks cut so that he yeah. can't get horse collared or pulled down from behind. And I just don't know why argy. anyone
1: has dreadlocks anymore. Like okay. If you're playing in the NFL, like it's just it's such a target.
0: Well, if you're a running back, if you're a defensive back, who cares? But, your, you know, other positions, who cares? But, but, you know... <laughs> But, yeah, for a wide receiver or running back, I, I don't really understand that. But um, Giovanni Bernard in Cincinnati, I think, mm-hmm. is somebody that I, I think you know, could have a big season. I'll throw Thomas Wall's name out there again. And I'll also throw uh, Amir Abdullah in Detroit into the fray. He had some fumble issues his rookie year, but I really don't see that they have much... Behind him, I mean, Theo Riddick is more of a pass-catching threat, so I don't really see anybody there that's going to steal carries from Abdullah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't really argue with that. What about your bust this year for running backs?
0: Uh, gosh, pretty pretty long list here. Yeah, but, yeah it, was, um, it was a lot
1: easier to write the bust list than really any other list for running backs. Yeah,
0: I think... For me, Which the is top shame. would be Devonta Freeman in Atlanta. Absolutely. I know he was the top scoring running back in all fantasy last year, <laughs> but I just uh, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to do it again. I think the receiving core will be better, and I also think that uh, Taven Coleman could potentially steal carries away from him, so I, I just yeah. don't see it. Um, um, Martin in Tampa Bay, I think you know, he's Somebody else that had a nice bounce back, even last year Doug Martin did, but I'm Mm -hmm. just not real optimistic that he can do that again. T.J. Anderson in Denver. I know a lot of people are looking at him and saying, "Well, Denver, no matter who the quarterback is, is going to have to rely more on the rushing game this year." But first of all, as you alluded to with Minnesota with A.J. Peter with Adrian Peterson, but if, if if you don't have at least a respectable passer that right. in the running game could really grind to a halt if, if the defenses can just key on that so a lot of it is going to depend on how reliable Trevor Simeon and then later on Paxton Lynch are at quarterback if they're at least serviceable enough as I think Dak Prescott will be but I don't know if he's going to be enough to overcome the defensive woes and balance there but Sticking to the subject at hand here, the running back bus. I just think C.J. Anderson and also Ronnie Hillman is still there, and I, I just think there's too many things that could go wrong with that. Um, yeah. I think Matthews in Philadelphia scares me. DeMarco Murray in Tennessee scares me. Carlos mm-hmm. Hyde in San Francisco. I know everybody says Chip Kelly offense, he'll get a lot more carries and all, but you know, he's already not healthy. In the preseason So I just Not real uh, I don't know That I'm on the Sean Drone band With bandwagon yet But I, I'm certainly not On Carlos Hyde's bandwagon Frank Gore Again more just Aged than anything else So the Josh Ferguson Is yeah. there And then uh, Chris Ivory I just think Is, is part of the timeshare I'm not really That high on him either Seems like he left A better situation In New York To, to go to one Where He's probably you know, not going to be necessarily the every down back all year with Henry waiting in the wings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, especially on on a guy like C J Anderson, and I'd throw Thomas Rawls' name in the mix. I know he was on your more your sleeper list, uh, but I think that the value for where you're drafting C J Anderson or Thomas Rawls isn't necessarily what you're going to get down the stretch. And while I like the position Rawls is in, and overall he's a good running back, he's going to put up points. I don't necessarily think he's going to be comparable to where he's being drafted in a lot of drafts that I've seen. In that Seattle, as I talked about earlier, I think they're going to be a much more balanced offense. There's going to be a lot more of the passing element than there was in seasons past when they had Marshawn Lynch who could just, you know, run down everybody's throats. Um, so I think Rawls could be on my bus list as well. C.J. Anderson. Jeremy Langford, I just – I'm not sure he's going to have the touches. I just – I don't think it's going to be there for him. I agree with you. Um, I mentioned Latavius Murray earlier. I agree with you with DeMarco Murray as well. Devontae Freeman is a no-brainer for me. But DeMarco Murray, there are ways I could see this going where he has a breakout year. But I just think, you know, where he's been the last two seasons and where he is now and he's not – necessarily in the absolute best offensive situation I, I just don't think he's going to return to the kind of form he had with the Cowboys you know, straight out of the gate here so I think that he's probably going to make my bust list as well
0: Okay so that was a pretty extensive list and just to clarify I guess I'm still in, in preseason mode even though I've done lots of drafts I'm still getting <laughs> the Jacksonville backfield and the Tennessee backfield um,
2: That doesn't put you in preseason right.
1: mode. That puts you in midseason mode.
2: <laughs> Whoa.
1: Call, call somebody Santa, San Antonio Holmes next and we're in business.
0: I haven't, well, <laughs> good thing he's out of the league now that I can't do that anymore. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm good for at least one or two a show or, <laughs> or factual mistakes, as they call them. So,
2: so
1: anyway, should we move so on
0: fair. to wide receivers?
1: Let's do it. I think uh, the wide receiver list is, is, I would think ours are probably pretty similar, our top five.
0: Yeah, how about um, just general strategy with wide receivers? I think we've kind of touched yeah. on it already. Just to, well, we just have, yeah, we've talked about several of them. Running backs, but it sounds like you're going to take wide receivers generally a little bit sooner than I will.
1: My My first and probably second pick in every draft is going to be a wide receiver. That's just that's just how I draft. It's how I'm comfortable. It works for me. Um I just overall where you draft a guy and where he finishes the season for wide receivers is a lot more stable than it is at a lot of other positions. Uh the bar them getting some kind of injury which we can't control as much as I try to. Um it just the return on investment's a lot better for me and it makes me more comfortable the points are there. I, like, I can play the matchups a lot better. And just overall, it works for how my brain works when it comes to fantasy football. You, however, take the opposite approach.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm starting to come around a little bit, especially with PPR leagues and getting at least one receiver in the first two rounds and at least two in the first four. And then just stocking up along with running backs, I'm going to use pretty much all my bench spots. You know, I'll, I'll use one per quarterback but I'll use all the rest of my bench spots on running backs and wide receivers and unless I'm in some league where you can't make roster adjustments during the year, which, you know, would be kind of strange, then I'm not picking back up tight ends or defenses or kickers either. But yeah, so that's that's how I like to roll with wide receivers then. So just in terms of injuries and reasons for missing games we've already alluded to the fact that Josh Gordon who's also like you a a graduate or alumni of (laughs) of the car industry and he's suspended for the first four games and Steve Smith coming back from the injury with Baltimore John Brown in Arizona is banged up Danny Amendola in New England seems like he's perpetually hurt Victor Cruz
1: everybody in New England is banged up
0: (laughs) yeah Victor Cruz, apparently healthy for the first time in a while. That's nice. Super Jordan weird. Matthews, Philadelphia banged up. Stevie Johnson out for the season, which was kind of sad because he had a kind of good thing going under the radar there in San Diego, especially with Keenan Allen yeah. out last season. But uh, so sort of kind of sad to see him miss this year. But so there are there – are, a few guys that we have to keep an eye on, but nobody, with the possible exception of Josh Gordon, who you would have been drafting in the first couple rounds of a, of a fantasy draft, were they all healthy?
1: Yeah, yeah. People are getting so, really hyped about Josh Gordon, and it, like, just just pump the brakes here, guys. He hasn't played in a year. He's got a new quarterback, a whole new playbook to learn, a new offensive strategy. Like, let's just like calm down for a minute. Yes, he can run fast. He runs a nice route, but. He hasn't played with Robert There's just a lot of variables there, and I think we just all need to, like, take a step, take a breath, and, like, just draft him a little later than you're thinking about doing it. If I
0: could get him as my third wide receiver in a 10- or 12-team league, I'd be happy, and I might even take a flyer on him as a second receiver in a (sighs) 14- or 16-team league and just figure that I could pick up somebody serviceable enough to last me the first Few weeks while he's out, but he's he's somebody that I I know the opinions are all over the board on. Yes, make for interesting drafting for a lot of people. So Who are your top wide receivers this year? Give me your top five or so. Uh,
1: For me, Antonio Brown is is my number one. Um, There are a lot of a lot of variables that go into this and. It does concern me that he maybe doesn't have somebody like Martavis Bryant opposite him, but there have been some good good moments in their wide-receiving core in the preseason, and I think even with the amount of attention he's going to get, he's still going to put up numbers. That's still a key part of their offense, especially with the injuries and suspensions. He and Ben Roethlisberger have such good chemistry. I'm willing to overlook it. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., your boy out in New York, Uh, if Victor Cruz is actually healthy, and and Shepard looks as good as he does now. I think that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. maybe isn't going to get double and triple teamed every play and he's got a chance to even build on some of these numbers. And as long as he stays healthy and maybe doesn't punch anybody on the field, things are looking pretty good for him it's just you know there's well, some Josh Norman
0: there. says there's a hit out on him so we'll have to watch out well, for Josh that.
1: Josh Norman says a lot of things about a lot of things and and quite frankly that he might does. not be the first hit on a field that Odell Beckham Jr. has had on him uh, he he's you know has a way of getting in your face.
0: <laughs> they could just be um, their field goal kicker for the first game too
1: hey, you know, at this point, you could probably be the field goal kicker if you're motivated enough. They've got no, an opening. But I,
0: didn't make a 45-yard, I didn't make a 45-yard field goal at the Pro Bowl a couple years ago, you know, at least in practice True. like Odell Beckham did, so we'll, well see. Well, my
1: emergency quarterback is still Des Bryant, so there you go. <laughs> that would
0: be, that uh, might be the only way he touches the ball.
1: Uh, I'm so, being a Cowboys fan, it's hard. <laughs> it's just it's not an easy life. Um, going down the point, list. take
0: ten in peanuts. <laughs> it's got this perpetual cloud over
1: you. Uh, it it really is though, and it doesn't help where I live. Really doesn't help matters at all outside of Philadelphia. Like my life is just terrible. But you know, we we have we all have our challenges to overcome. This is mine. Uh, moving Living down the list. outside of Philadelphia. It was a poor choice. Real poor choice on my part. <laughs> um I like uh I like AJ Green I think he's gonna have a nice year um Des Bryant I had him a lot higher until this week Uh, I'm not nearly as excited about his prospects now Uh, I think that he's I'm gonna see a lot more of him yelling at Dak Prescott in huddles than I am of him in the end zone for the first few weeks that makes me a little troubled uh and Guys like Julio Jones, who in theory I would have liked a lot, um, I have him a lot lower than a lot of other people do, just because I'm Matt. Matt Ryan just terrifies me right now. That offensive line makes me very nervous. I just think it's going to hurt his production a lot more versus where he's getting drafted, and that just I lose sleep over it. Um, but I do That's like AJ Super Bowl Green, Allen Robinson. To
0: Seventeen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I like Jordy Nelson to have a nice comeback year this year. If he can, you know, get through some tendonitis here in the preseason, I think he's going to have himself a big season, too. Um, and and rounding up my list, Mike Evans. Really hyped on hmm. Mike Evans this year.
2: Hmm. Which
1: yeah. I
0: guess is also a play on James Winston, then.
1: Yeah, you know, I guess if I'm going to go for it, I'm going all in.
0: Okay. My list uh, pretty much... Yeah, there, there's some differences um, from years. my top five would be Antonio Brown actually I have Julio Jones second, Odell Beckham would be my third, AJ Green fourth and T.Y. Hilton is my fifth and then rounding out you know, my, my top ten or actually top nine I'd put DeAndre Hopkins Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper in there So uh, Amari Cooper, another guy be. who's
1: going to have a big year I'm very excited yeah, about this too, Raiders team.
0: Not, not too many controversial choices. There, probably the most you know, noteworthy thing is my omission of Dez from from the top ten there. But well, I mean, we'll if it was that a week out. ago,
1: Dez Bryant, you know, might be number five on my list. I just mm. see. I, yeah, oh, as a list, Cowboys maybe. fan, I'm I'm a little bit more biased about this. I will openly admit that.
0: <laughs> Perhaps. <sighs>
1: It's it's rough. Uh okay, what how about, about uh the... no go ahead. Oh, you first <laughs> with rookies. Um there there are some rookies out here I'm I'm pretty excited about. Uh I really like uh Tajay Sharp in Tennessee. I think he's looked mm-hmm. really good in the preseason. He's got great chemistry with Marcus Mariota. I'm a bit of a Titans homer, so this probably isn't surprising for a lot of people. Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, Michael Thomas out in New Orleans. Uh, I know I was I was pretty down on Drew Brees earlier, but Michael Thomas has had himself uh, a nice little preseason. He looks like he'll probably get a decent amount of targets since anybody who even walks on the street of New Orleans is an eligible receiver, and Drew Brees will throw to him any week you don't start him in your lineup. Um, so I, I, he's got good size. I just I think he's got a a good chance of having a nice year here.
0: And no more Marcus and either, so there's definitely an yeah. opportunity for him.
1: Yeah, so absolutely.
0: My t- my top guys are Sterling Shepherd with the Giants, and that's not a homer pick. Um, with Connitrickville well, in Minnesota, of course, we have to see what happens there with the quarterback situation. I'm assuming that it's not going to be Sean Hill starting the season for them, that they'll go out and sign Austin
2: Davis, I mean, okay. or they'll,
0: they'll blow a low-round draft pick on Mark Sanchez, or they'll do something to get somebody in there that has a little bit more of a track record been Sean Hill. Uh, Corey Coleman yeah. in Cleveland, that's, I guess, uh, yeah, I had RG3 on my bust list, but somebody's going to catch balls there, and Josh Gordon isn't going to be around to do it for the first four weeks, so there's that. I had Michael Thomas and Tajay Sharp on my list, and then even though he's been banged up a little in preseason, Farrow Cooper in Los Angeles, I think is another guy that has a great opportunity there, just if he can seize that and if he develops chemistry with Jared Goff
1: yeah I mean we're going to see what happens it's it's an interesting team to watch
0: if nothing else alright let's move on to sleepers then um, Jordy Nelson you mentioned him as one of your top ten I think that's mm-hmm. probably I I think he definitely has the potential to finish there but I think he's not being drafted there necessarily because coming off a year worth of injuries where he, he shouldn't is, be
1: drafted there
0: that's for he sure. shouldn't be drafted there when you've got other guys that are back and were healthy all season and have, you know, are returning healthy and all. So he would be on my list. Um, Demarius Thomas, somewhat forgotten in all the offensive decline there in Denver. But then again, you know, Peyton Manning wasn't playing at an all-pro level his last season and Thomas was still a fantasy factor. So I think that bodes well for him. Dante Moncrief in Indianapolis could be there you know second receiver behind Hilton before the season you know goes too far I really like I love Dante Moncrief all about it Um, Mohamed Sanu I know I'm higher on him than most people are in Atlanta as a free agent signing and I generally don't like guys in on new teams and new systems but I think he's in a really good situation there and those who you knows, maybe he'll even throw for a touchdown or two since he seems to do that once or twice a year when he's in Cincinnati. Kevin White with Chicago, who I guess for all intents and purposes is a rookie, but it'll be fun to see what he can do opposite Alshon Jeffrey. That's thought for part of the reason why i like to his prospects this year. And then Deshaun Jackson in Washington. For me, he's just professionally under the radar. I know a lot of people think he's a jerk. and you know, I have him you know, on my bus it, it,
1: list. But, you know.
0: <laughs> well,
1: we'll see. But we so, certainly yeah, will see. Um, as far as so, sleeper wide right, receivers go. Why don't you? Okay,
0: go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, i I got a couple here. Uh, kind of a deeper sleeper, if you will. Chris Hogan in New England. Uh, yep. I've been a fan of his since he came into the league. He's kind of flown under the radar in a lot of places. We saw him last in Buffalo. But, that is not a healthy wide-receiving core by any stretch of the imagination. So he's going to get looked. He's fast. I like it. I think it could be a good fit there. Um, Tyler Lockett in Seattle, like I've mentioned a few times, that passing game, is going to. you're going to see more of it. I think Tyler Lockett's the guy. Uh, Kamar Aiken in Baltimore, kind of finished strong. He could emerge here. There's a lot of question yeah. marks in that Ravens offense, but you, you never sure. know. Um, Travis Benjamin in San Diego. Uh, weirdly enough, Anquan Bolden in Detroit. I know a lot of yeah, people are too. are higher on <laughs> pretty much everybody else, but statistically, Anquan Bolden is the most consistent out of, out of the three there. And I know he's a little bit older, but I think he's going to end up being more of that security blanket for Matt Stafford. And then if you're taking a real big flyer, Doriel Green Beckham just got traded to the Eagles, looked okay in preseason. He is the best thing he has going for him is that he's tall. Uh, I I don't, I'm not a huge Jordan Matthews fan. He's on my bus list, and Nelson Aguilar can't get separation to save his life. So I think by default, Green Beckham's going to get a lot of looks, and you may be able to capitalize. But, a deep sleeper. Tread lightly with that one.
0: Yeah, I, there's not too much about Philadelphia's offense that I would be excited about. This year. Like, I think my favorite thing about it is that Sam Radford
1: perpetually looks like he just saw a UFO. That's really the only thing I like about that offense.
0: Well, that that mm-hmm. has its advantages, I suppose, if you like to root for quarterbacks that look like they just saw UFOs. So. It's a
1: specific niche, but it's out there, I guess.
0: <laughs> Mark Sanchez is probably a close runner up in that contest, but
1: yeah, which is why they had to trade him too much competition. I'll try it. So
0: how about your um, bust list? I know we you already mentioned one of the guys that I liked as a sleeper, Deshaun Jackson, yes. on bus list, Deshaun Jackson is on your bust list. Deshaun Jackson is on my
1: bust list. As I mentioned before, so is Jordan Matthews. Um, mostly not so much that I don't think he's going to have a good year, but, again, where he's drafted versus what I think he's going to do for you over the course of the year. Um, same kind of thing goes for Alan Hearns. I don't think he's going to have a bad year, but I think where people are drafting him is a little too high. Um, Sammy Watkins makes me a little bit nervous as well it's, I just there's a lot of question marks out there
0: so Sammy Watkins was definitely on my list as well, Des Bryant again, not because I think he's going to stink but just because people are going to draft him as a top five wide receiver and given the situation in Dallas right now it wouldn't surprise me if he finished up five to top ten, Brandon Marshall yeah. in New York is somebody that I'm not Counting on duplicating last year's results, and then you know Golden Tate in Detroit. Everybody just assumes he's going to be the guy now that Calvin Johnson isn't there anymore. But I'm not completely sold on on that either. You know, partly because of Anquan Bolton and you know just what he brings to the table, and partly because you know Marvin Jones. I think was another Cincinnati free agent sign. You know, another free agent who left Cincinnati that is likely to have the you know, a good season with his new team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right there.
2: We'll see.
0: All right. So now let's move on to the. I think we're going to speed up the show a little bit now that we're past the big three. But how about tight yep. ends? Um, what, what's your strategy as far as tight ends go, Janet?
1: Okay, I'm. I'm very sympathetic to the plight of the tight end. Uh, I as a cowboys fan Jason Winton obviously big fan of him, but uh, I tend to draft I draft a tight end and I draft a backup in my initial draft. I know that is very different from how you do things, but I like to play matchups and I'm not afraid of using a tight end in as a flex player if I need to on a heavy bye week. I think that in the right matchup with the right person they can produce wide receiver like points on occasion. I'm not saying this is an all the time thing um, but i I'm a lot more into the idea of playing a tight end than you are. You are, from what I recall, a little more hesitant about it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not not a big fan of drafting tight ends early or often. I'll usually wait. It depends. Some leagues I want to fill out my starters before I, except for the kicker and the defense, before I start picking bench guys. In those leagues, I'll take a tight end probably around the yeah, 6th or 7th round at earliest but if I feel mm-hmm. you know, if you're only starting one wide, one tight end and it's a league where yeah, you can use a running back or a wide receivers as a flex then in all likelihood I'm taking my tight end at the last three rounds of the draft and I'm also not taking one from my bench then so all in all your tight ends probably contribute more to your fantasy success than, than my tight ends contribute to mine
1: yeah I I, I just I'm I'm more into the idea of it than you are. I think I think that's safe to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, as you alluded to before, there are quite a few good tight ends who are actually banged up going into the season. Tyler Eifert, yes. Eric Ebron, Ladarius mm-hmm. Green, big free agent signing in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure whether it's his ankle or migraines, but whatever it is, he hasn't seen the field. Ben Watson, as you alluded to, out for the season. Max Williams hurt. Dennis Pitta hasn't played in two years and then got in a fight in preseason and messed up his hand, but supposedly he's going to be good to go for week one. So a lot of guys there that, you know, under other circumstances could be decent fantasy contributors, but um, probably not guys that you want to target in your fantasy draft at this point.
1: No, I mean, I think everyone's tight end list has to have Rob Gronkowski at the top of it. Uh, or very close, I don't necessarily think you need to be drafting him in the second or third round of a draft, and some, there are several people in this world who are. That's too aggressive. You're never going to get the kind of return you need on that, that type of investment. Uh, yes, he's a great player. He's a difference maker. He's also without a starting quarterback for the first four weeks, and as nice as Jimmy Garoppolo is, he doesn't have the same kind of chemistry. Um, and especially with a dinged-up wide receiver core, all of the defense is going to be keying in on Gronk, which they already were. And I just I'm not necessarily sold on spending a pick that high to get him on my roster. I think there are very serviceable guys who aren't going to put up as huge of a number, but they aren't going to cost you as much, and they'll give you way more value. Um, I'm going I think
0: going first round in some drafts, which
1: it's just, to me just it's, it's crazy. crazy. Uh, but it's fine if you want to be in my draft and draft that crazy. By all means, I'll be the one taking all the wide receivers i will be taking all the running backs. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You should start that league and you're, you know, somebody else can have all the
1: we, we just need those token guys that are going to go crazy for Gronk. Um, Jordan Reed, a uh, big fan of. It's great when he's not concussed, and on the field, he really does some some magical things, and I think Kirk Cousins really needs him. Uh, I think he'll have a big year if he's able to stay healthy. Greg Olson, who I, I, I'm never a big fan of. He's in most people's top five. He's on the outside of mine, he's number six overall for me, but he's worth mentioning because Cam Newton is going to need to make those fast throws, and Craig Olson, is he's always there. Him and his dad bot are just always open. I don't understand how. Uh, I've always been a big fan of of Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey, guys like that, kind of uh, smaller speed guys. Uh, Tyler Eifert, I think, where he's being drafted, even though he's injured in a lot of leagues, is too high. I think if you can get them late or you pick them up on the waiver wire, you're a lot better off. Uh, Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, I think, has a chance to do something good just because I think there'll be some issues with that offensive line, and whoever's under center, be it Bradford or Wentz, is going to need to dump the ball fast.
0: So you've listed my top five, which would be Gronkowski, who I'm never seeing, Greg Olson, who I'm probably not seeing, either Delaney Walker, who I have gotten in some drafts, Travis yep. Kelsey and Jordan Reed, who I'm not seeing because many of the second tight end taken this year, if not the mm-hmm. the third. So,
1: but I, um, I think there there's a lot of guys that are, are quote-unquote sleepers or who may even be outside of the top 12 of tight ends that could have big years. So it's it's kind of a down year for rookie tight ends. There's really not a lot there. But I think overall, the quality of tight end and that mid-range is a lot deeper than it's been in years past so you're not necessarily falling off a cliff after those first three or four like it has been in the past
0: so that's that sounds good. like an argument for my tight end strategy
1: <laughs> true true every now and then I think we have the same thought but you know it's not how no. I'm going to draft necessarily
0: <laughs> okay in terms of rookies, as you alluded to, really not much there. Uh, Hunter Henry behind Antonio Gates in San Diego, but we'll see how long that lasts. Um, Tyler Haney yeah. should get a chance to play you know, early and often in in Los Angeles. I think they still have Lance Kendricks there, but you know, that's about all that stands between him and Fantasy Relevance and then Nick Vanette in, in Seattle, who I don't expect to get much playing time this year so yeah as you said yeah, that's, there are a lot of good rookies it's, this it's year sparse. but not outside of outside of Henry and maybe Higby it's it's hard to imagine any of them making a real big you know, difference in fantasy this year so sleepers, What about your sleepers? Uh, Do you
1: have any anyone you're excited about there?
0: Zach Miller is probably the one that I like you know, again that's going with the whole Jake Cutler is not as awful as everyone thinks Yeah, Yeah, I'm not quite on that that.
2: bandwagon just yet.
0: (laughs) So Zach Miller, I think, and especially if Kevin White turns out to be something special, that'll you know open up Mm -hmm. more of the middle of the field for Zach Miller. Although it might take away some of his receptions. Jason Witten, again, he just—he's father time keep on ticking, and he's just somebody that is not considered necessarily a top tier tight end anymore for fantasy purposes or drafting purposes, but I'm perfectly happy to get him as my first tight end is the 10th or 12th tight end taken. If
1: anything, his value might've gone up with Tony Romo getting hurt because if there's one thing Jason can do, it's run a very crisp route in the middle of the field and always be exactly where he needs to be. And that's so good for a rookie quarterback.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned Zachary in 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 Philadelphia before. I think mm-hmm. um, you know, Dwayne Allen in yes. um, Indianapolis is somebody I like. Uh, Kobe Fleener, his former running mate there left um and signed with Atlanta, I believe. He's or not Atlanta. New Orleans.
1: Uh,
2: yeah.
0: New Orleans. You were yes. in the right. So to You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I was I was close.
2: So you were he's somebody very close.
0: that I could see having a good season um, this year, Julius Thomas in Jacksonville, Jesse James in Pittsburgh, now that Ladarius Green has been put on the pup list and he's going to miss at least the six weeks. So those are some of the guys on mine. How about yours? Uh,
1: I also have Dwayne Allen on mine. I'm actually pretty excited about him uh, not having uh, – Cody Fleeter kind of cutting into the into his his time on the field there and neither of them were ever healthy at the same time so it didn't usually matter but I think that this could be a good year for him um Vance McDonald in San Francisco uh, Chip Kelly's all about the tight end neither Blaine Gabbrook or Colin Kaepernick or whoever's going to play quarterback there really has a huge arm um so I think that his role is going to increase uh he's he's not necessarily a run-of-the-mill name, so he's a little bit of a deeper sleeper. But Jared Cook in Green Bay, he's got good chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I think that it could be kind of a place for him to have a resurgence. I think it could be a really good fit, although it is going to be very feast or famine. He's either going to excel or he's going to fail. I don't think there's middle ground here, so it's a little bit more of a risk.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like uh, a ringing endorsement for taking him in one of the first rounds after you took a wide receiver.
1: Absolutely drafting him whenever I can doesn't always work out but more often than not I'm able to put Jared Cook on my team in a later round
0: alright how about bust? who do you have on your bust list for tight ends Oof.
1: well I, it's I mean, Tyler Eifert kind of makes the list just because he's going to miss the first four weeks of the season, and he's a little injury-prone, and there's no way he's going to put the numbers up that he did when he was healthy. Like, it just it just can't happen again. Um, Travis Kelsey, I, I want to put on this list, but I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about, again, I just don't know if he can produce the same way. Jimmy Graham, I think, is kind of a no-brainer on the bus list. It's just not working. <laughs> um... Those are probably my biggest names. Austin Safarian Jenkins might sneak on there as well. Um, I I think the wide receivers are going to play a lot more of a role than they did before, and his health has been a bit of a concern in the past as well. So he's somebody I'm probably staying away from.
0: So for me, I agree with Jimmy Graham, although a lot of people seem to think, oh, maybe he'll have a resurgence this year, but I'm not... I think we just wanted to have that. a
1: resurgence. I don't think it's necessarily realistic.
0: Maybe what will happen <laughs> is that after this year, he'll get cut and go back to New Orleans and sit in there with Drew Brees for... I feel or much better about Drew Brees, Brees'
1: chances of succeeding as a quarterback this year if you had Jimmy Graham there.
0: Yeah, and Austin Sipari and Jenkins was on my list too, you here know, for much of the same reasons, health concerns and also that Vincent Jackson, although he might not be a type, type a top wide receiver anymore, is still likely to play more of a role in the offense that he did last year. Antonio Gates in San Diego, no Ladaria screen, but now you've got the rookie Hunter Henry that we were just talking about. Erie Barnage came out of nowhere in Cleveland last year, but I'm not expecting Yeah, he can't year. do that
1: again. It's, it's just such uh, a different we, offense
0: now. You know, Will Ty, the Giants' tight end, that came on when Larry Donnell was hurt last mm-hmm. year, but yeah, you know, is back and figures to at least split time with Ty this year. So, given that, I am not going to spend a pick to make Ty the starting tight end on my uh, fantasy roster. So those those are the guys that I look at and say I'm probably staying away relative to where they're drafted.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't have too much of an argument with those.
0: All right, so now we're on the real downslope. Let's take a look at
2: defenses
0: for those those (laughs) leagues that uh, have to draft them. And what's your strategy as far as the adapting defenses go?
1: Um, I... I know this makes it crazy, but I've always been like this. I draft two defenses. I like to play the matchup. I know, I know that makes you nuts, and you hate every year when I say this, but I take two defenses because I don't want to stream one on my bye week, and I want to be able to play the matchups because more often than not, I have a lot more success that way.
2: For I me, hurt your soul of writing, every time. That's <laughs>
0: okay. I'll, I'll get over it. I like to rank. I, I know a lot of people just start looking at personnel and say, okay, Seattle's defense is great. We've got to pick them first and, you know, along the defenses. And to me, this, it's kind of like picking kickers. You know, there's not a whole heck of a lot of a difference between a top tier and a mediocre defense. There's much more of a difference between top tier and mediocre options at other positions. And for me, that's an argument for waiting on the defense's Not only, I know most people tend to gauge it strictly on personnel, but for me probably the most important thing in ranking defense is the strength of the opponent's offenses. So if you happen Mm -hmm. to be playing a division that has a lot of good offenses, then to me that's an argument for staying away from that defense, particularly if you're in a league, you're in a conference, in a division yourself where you're full with other teams with good offenses, that you have to play twice, and then also your interconference games are against teams with good offenses. That, to me, screams stay away from the defense. So that's something I pay a lot of attention to when I rank defenses. Almost always going to wait to pick a defense until the second-to-last round, and I'm not going to burn a bench spot on the defense. So, yes, quite quite a different strategy and philosophy from, from yours on that front.
1: That's what makes us great because we are not even close to the same fantasy player.
0: <laughs> exactly. Two very so about, different uh,
1: schools of thought.
0: How about your uh, top defenses for the year? Who do you like going in?
1: Uh, I mean, my top defenses going into this year are not too different from how we finished out last year. I uh, like the Seahawks and the Broncos still. I know some of the personnel has changed. I know that some of them are older, but I like the core groups. I like the fact that they know how to win. They know how to win those big games and stop in those big moments. Um, to me, that's important. The Panthers, uh, they fall a little on my list from where they are on some others. They did lose some key pieces. Uh, I just The Panthers team as a whole, I don't think, can recreate that magic from last year. I like the Texans. I like the Bengals, uh, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. To me, they're kind of all grouped together in about the same area, but... I just don't think there are a lot of defenses that are going to run away from the pack like we've had uh, over the last couple of seasons. I think it's a little more of an even playing field, if you will.
0: So for me, I agree with Cincinnati and Arizona. The two that I would add to my list of the defenses that I would be targeting, New England and Miami, I like both of them a lot. They both play in... Defenses with offenses. Yeah, the, yeah. They also play in a division where the you know, opposing offenses aren't that scary, and they also have a pretty favorable interconference schedule. I, I think they have the NFC West this year, but I have to double check that. So those are the teams at the top of my list in terms of drafting. How about? Um, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I, I I don't have any issue with those per se.
0: All right. Sleepers, I know people say that Pittsburgh's defense is not so great, but, again, when I look at, you know, the opposing offenses in that league, yeah, I don't think yeah. Baltimore and Cleveland are hot shakes. Cincinnati could be a good offense, but, you know, no guarantees there. Yeah, those are a couple of the – that's a team that I think could have a good defense. Oakland – Yeah. San Diego and then Jacksonville is another one that strikes me as being one that's probably not heavily targeted by drafters but somebody that could certainly do a serviceable job for you except when they're on their bye week.
1: Yeah, I actually uh I I agree with you there. I'm, I'm the Raiders almost can't be considered a sleeper too much. They are they're pretty good. Um the Jaguars, I'm very, very on board with. The Steelers, I agree with you there as well. Um, the Buccaneers, kind of a deeper sleeper for me. I like I like parts of what they're doing. I think that they have the potential they could put it all together and kind of make a crazy run, but I don't know if they're there yet. It might be a year away. Um, but if you're really reaching, it's a guy, a, a team that maybe I would take, you know, later in a draft or as, since I draft backups, a backup defense.
0: All right, and as far as busts go, and again, this doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be bad, but I think they're going to disappear off the draft board earlier than they should, possibly at the expense of a wide receiver a running back or even a tight end that might help you. Those mm-hmm. would be the Seahawks, the Jets, the Chiefs, and the Broncos are the four that I'd look at and say I think they're being drafted, you know, that the hype is a little bit more than, than the reality there.
1: Uh, I almost think that after today we could bump the Vikings up into that category where they were kind of a borderline a borderline pick, but I think that defense is going to be on the field a lot more now, which is going to make them a little more prone to mistakes, injuries, things like that. Um, it, it's incredible how one player going down can affect every facet of a team. But I think that I, I would, after today, put the Vikings in. I agree with you on your picks, just value-based what you're going to get out of them. Um, And the fact that, you know, there are still people that just hold on to a name and are like, hey, they've been a good defense, that's not a good way to go when you're drafting. Maybe just stick with some statistics. Don't necessarily just think, oh, yeah, like the steel curtain's great. Let's take them as my only – it's just not necessarily all the best plan.
0: But, I mean, Seattle, even if you're right and they're the best, Defense, I still think is at 34. There's take not enough separation. High. I
1: agree with you there between
0: them and the rest of the pack that it justifies taking that over speculating on a sleeper running back, a wide receiver. You know, those are how you yeah. win the fantasy championship. Take Chris Hogan not instead with, and and defense, wait a,
1: another round or two and and get a pretty serviceable defense.
0: Which you'll be happy to know I did take Chris Hogan as a sleeper in in one of my leagues.
1: I'm very excited about this, because I am all about Chris Hogan this year. I'm going in.
0: We'll we'll see. Hopefully, uh, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo are an upgrade over E.J. Manuel and uh, and Tyrod Taylor, but that remains to be seen.
1: I just feel like they are, but we'll see. You're right. We'll
2: see.
0: All right. So now, um, on to our favorite part of the show, the kickers. If you're still... In a league that has kickers, my condolences, but um, given that that you are, my strategy for them is is pretty simple. I pick them in the last round. I don't burn a bench spot on them. And rather than trying to discern who's got the strongest leg or who's going to kick the most field goals, that's almost totally random if you look at the correlation between the team points scored and the number of field goals, you know, the offensive ranking and the field goals, that's almost totally random. So for me, that's an argument for ranking kickers solely based on the team offensive ranks. And that's just how I would go about it.
1: I I happily draft kickers. I, I have no problem with it. I like playing in leagues. I have kickers, but I also like playing in leagues with as many quarterbacks as humanly possible because I think it's phenomenal to try to do that um but that being said for me Dan Bailey is my no-brainer number one not a lot of other people's but he is very consistent uh, as a Cowboys fan I see a lot of him I like guys like uh, Justin Tucker uh, Steven Goskowski's pretty much always a good pick I like to go when I'm looking at kickers I go look at, at things like the Baltimore offense, maybe not going to be the best. There's a lot of question marks. Justin Tucker's going to see the field a lot. That happened a lot last year. I expect the trend to continue. Um, somebody like Chandler Cantanzaro, I think that Arizona's going to have a great year. Same thing with Mason Crosby. I think Green Bay's going to have a really strong year. He's going to be out there kicking a lot of extra points, getting a lot of chances, and they're guys that are proven and have had a pretty good track record. That I'm comfortable with them being my only kicker on a team.
0: So you listed two of my top three guys, Mason Crosby and Chandler Catanzaro, but, again, it's not because I think they're great pickers, although they're, you know, especially Mason Crosby I like, but more just because I think the Green Bay and Arizona offenses are going to be really high-powered, and I think that's the basis for taking a picker in, in, in Sherpa World. In Sherpa World. So, in Sherpa in World. Sherpaville. Yeah, <laughs> and so the guy that's actually at the top of my list this year and only because I think his team's offense is going to be the top offense is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Boswell, who most people would say, Who? or, you know, I'll pick him as a throwaway guy at the end. But to me, that's, again, basing it's solely on the offense. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for him there. And if you buy my theory that field goals are kind of random and that it's really you want to be picking the kicker on as a function of the number of extra point attempts you think he's going to get, then I think Boswell is your guy.
1: I mean, I don't have a problem with that logic. I like Chris Boswell. I would have him in my top ten. Um, I I think that you have a little more faith in the Steelers offense this year than I do, but I I, I can't really hate on the pick too much. So that that's good.
0: <laughs> okay, top rookies. There's really there isn't one. There is a rookie there, we'll there go to a while who's in Tampa who Bay who Who has very, not looked good well, in
1: preseason? <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's, drafting, he's a top rookie because he got drafted in. Way too high in the draft, and now here
0: you we know, are. He's about a 500 kicker. It's like a, it's like fantasy. You, you don't draft a guy that high. That's just way too early. And I, you know, I think it was Jay Feely was saying the other day, the you know, former kicker for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's just there's not a. just like with the defense, there's even less of a separation between a top kicker and a mediocre kicker. There's absolutely no reason to reach for for. Stephen Gostkowski or Justin Tucker in in Sherpa anyway, so yeah, the fact yeah. that Tampa Bay actually did that in real life just makes me beside myself. But I'm glad I'm not a it Tampa Bay It just doesn't Bay make fan. any
1: sense. But a lot of what Tampa Bay does in drafts doesn't make a ton of sense. So I mean, this is just kind of their extreme outlier.
0: Well, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, they've had some good high draft picks in recent years, but but that was just. Uh, I, I can't even. That
1: was a rough one. I,
0: no, that's that's that that's something that I'm almost speechless by. It like.
1: literally leaves the sherpa speechless, which almost never happens. I've said one or two things over seven years that have left you speechless, and this Mostly this is done that involved it instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just can't get on board with some of my theories.
2: <laughs> no. So
1: <laughs>
0: as far as sleepers go, again, based solely on the offense, I think Indianapolis will have a good offense in spite of their offensive line. So Adam Vinatieri, who's at this point, I think, slightly younger than Methuselah, but not much, would be a pick, <laughs> a sleeper pick. Mike Nugent in Cincinnati, I think they're going to have a good offense. And I also have a little more confidence in Atlanta's offense than you do, and there go Matt yes, Blayne,
2: you
0: do, who is only – he might be two years younger than the one, as opposed to Adam Vinatieri's one, but uh, Matt Bryant is somebody else who I would also get behind. And I also think it's kind of cool with Matt Bryant, because if you drop the first and last letters of his last name, you'd have the name of his quarterback.
1: Oh, hey, you're right. Huh. I'm I'm literally looking at his name on on the computer screen doing this now. Anyway, I I do actually agree with you as Matt Bryan is a sleeper pick. I'm not at all hyped about the Atlanta offense, but they have to score some points at some point. Their division's not the best. I think that Matt Bryan is going to see time. Um, I I think that Robbie Gould could also be a sleeper pick. He's a little deeper for me. Again, Chicago is kind of a question mark, um, but those are probably my two top sleeper kickers, if you will.
0: Okay, and before we go on to the bus, we mentioned Josh Brown's suspension already. We also didn't mention Caleb Sturgis, who got brained by a punt, walking on the field before the game.
1: So bad
0: preseason <laughs> game, and
1: That's they so up embarrassing.
0: losing the uh, <laughs> kicking the job to Cody Parkey who had it, and. Then, lost it last year for the Eagles and gave Sturgis oh, the job, so that would be a very strange turn of events. But, um,
1: I did watch anyway. that Caleb Sturgis getting hit in the head with that punt like 12 times. I just, like, it just wasn't real. That's <laughs> just
0: sadistic. That just oh, said to me that <laughs> I wouldn't leave you alone with a pet.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. My cat is doing just fine. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway... Um, <laughs> Here I kicker ask what buff? the cat's
0: name is. All right, I want. Um, the cat. All right, my kickers. My
1: <laughs> Go ahead, your kickers.
0: <laughs> no, no, I wonder your test name.
1: Uh, I wanted to name it Lemieux, but I was shot down. Uh, my boyfriend is a car nut and named her Mia Toretto after a Fast and the Furious movie character. So there you have it.
2: Oh
0: I, I think. Well, I I liked your name more, but um. Yeah. Anyway, so did I that I got that <laughs> so let's let's get off of cats and get back to kickers. <laughs> and although they're probably about equal interest to me, um, there as far as Bucks goes, Steven Goskowski would be at the top of my list, not because I don't think he's good, but because most people, people draft have him, him at the top so of their high.
1: List,
0: and they're going to draft him before the last round, which is a Cardinal pin in Sherpaville. In Sebastian Janikowski, another one, people just say, oh, he has a big leg and draft him. Uh, Justin Tucker, another one, big legs, but I don't like the offense. And same thing, Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg. Big Greg offense, the Leg. Yeah, you know, big leg, but don't like the offense. And then uh, no. just to say his name once, I'll, I'll put the Blair Walsh project on that list too.
1: I'm not putting the Blair Walsh project on that list. I will put Greg the Leg on it. I agree with you on Goskowski. He just goes stupid high in every draft um, just because people – only seem to know like three kickers' names, so they just go with those. Uh, I think Cairo Santos probably goes a little too high because he had a couple of good games last year. I would have him on my bus list. Um, and Dan Carpenter, I always I feel like he always gets drafted a little too high, just historically. It's uh, that Buffalo offense maybe isn't gonna have Dan Carpenter on the field as much as he needs to be.
0: All right, so with that, why don't we wrap up the show by just um, taking a look at playoff picks and Super Bowl picks for the pre for the before the season starts, so we can go on record and then just mock each other's picks all season. But um, NFC East, who do you like?
1: The NFC East obviously gives me a lot of agita. Um, I last week I would have picked the Cowboys. This week, I'm still gonna pick the Cowboys, but a lot less comfortably. (laughs) All right. I just I don't think any, and quite honestly, I don't think any four of these teams really at this moment should be playing in the playoffs. I think that the Cowboys have the best offensive line. Their offense overall can overcome some of their defensive shortcomings, and barring any other major injuries. They have a shot if they can at least get through the first couple of weeks at 500. I'll feel a lot better about this pick. Not sure that'll happen though.
0: This is probably the kiss of death, but I'm actually going to pick my team as well. I'm going to pick the Giants just almost by default. Yeah, I think their defense should be better. I mean, they can't be much worse when I think they have the 30th or 31st ranked defense. So they have to be better, and I think the offense will. Be good. Hopefully, they'll get a little more out of their running game than they did last year. But uh, I'll go with the Giants, um, Dallas, Washington, and toss up for second, and then Eagles um, at the bottom.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, I. How I, about. Uh, I, it is what it is. It's not a great division. <laughs> it's
0: just, no. It's just life. Um, speaking of not a great division, NFC North. Um, I'll, I'll go with the I would have liked to have gone with Minnesota but Tons, Teddy Bridgewater can't do it uh, the remaining contenders I know Green Bay's living on fumes a little bit especially when it comes to their defense but yeah, they would still be my pick um, followed by Minnesota, Chicago and then Detroit bringing up the rear
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going with the Packers this is not a surprise if you ever listen to the show, I understand that there are one or two major injuries from being completely irrelevant because there's just not a lot of depth to this lineup but I think that they, they have the ability, they have the pieces if they can stay healthy and that's a big if uh, again I just think they know how to win they know how to win the big game that's going to make the difference in this division uh, but again not another not so strong division if you will
0: alright NFC South I'm to me that's I mean, the logical choice there would be Carolina, but since I'm illogical, I'm going to take Tampa Bay with Carolina second, Atlanta third, and New Orleans bringing up the rear.
1: I, I still, I'm not a Panthers fan. I really don't like Cam Newton. Um, but I just, I'm going with Carolina. I think I have to because I just think the Buccaneers are still a year away, um, more, more so their defense than anything else. But I think this is going to be Carolina and Tampa Bay and then kind of everyone else limping behind.
2: All right.
0: just um, I do think Carolina Cowboys. will be a wild card, though. I'll, I'll pick Carolina and Minnesota as my wild cards in the Ooh. NFC. Old move, old move. And then um, for the, for the NFC West, yeah, I guess Seattle's a tempting pick, but I'm going to go with Arizona. I think they have a top-five offense and a top-five defense, so that's good enough for me. You need the balance to win, and I think they have it. Yeah, of course, the wild card is, can Carson Palmer stay healthy for another full season if he can? I think that's yeah, potentially a Super Bowl team. So I'll go Arizona, Seattle, and then I don't care, San Francisco, Los Angeles. <laughs>
1: You just don't care. (laughs) No, Um, I don't think either
0: of those teams are going to – whether I put them third or fourth, I don't think either one's sniffing the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably true. But um, I'm going – I'm going with the Cardinals, uh, as I, I talked about before. Uh, I have them going to the playoffs, which we'll get to here in a minute. I think that Seattle would end up being a wild card team. Uh, I agree with you on Tampa Bay there. But I think that the Cardinals, I think this is their year. I think they're going to make a run. I think Carson Palmer is going to stay healthy and David Johnson is going to be a workhorse and everything's going to be all right, which probably means something disastrous is about to happen.
0: <laughs> it's going to be hard to for Larry Fitzgerald to duplicate what he did last year, but it'll be interesting to see them try.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely signing up to watch the attempt, if nothing else.
0: All right, um, let's move on to the AFC then. AFC East. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, maybe you make a, a case for Miami as a sleeper, but I, I still think that this is New England's division, even with the injuries on offense and with Tom Brady's suspension. I think their defense is going to be really, really good. And I think that'll carry them for the first four games as long as they're 500 and Tom Brady gets back after the fourth game. I think they'll be fine. So I I think it'll be New England, Miami, Jets, Buffalo will be my pick. And won't that be something in week five when they have the suspension bowl and New England and Cleveland both get their uh, (laughs) – Suspended stars back. That'll be an interesting game to watch. Which will probably be the only time all season when you'll say Cleveland is my see
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that might be it. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. As weird as that feels to say, <laughs> just, I just don't.
0: Right. Okay. Um, AFC North. Much as I would like. Pittsburgh's offense, I just think Cincinnati has a better balanced team so I'm going to go with Cincinnati to win the division followed by Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland in that order.
1: Yeah, I just I I think this is a division that's going to have a bit of a down year after the last few years. We've been a little spoiled here with three teams going to the playoffs and this and that. Um, I, I agree with you. I just I, The Steelers make me a little more nervous than they do you, but overall um, I don't have a problem with where you're ranking everybody. It's just, uh, it's going to be a tough year of football to watch them play. I think the Bengals will get it together. Andy Dalton, the Ginger Ninja, is, you know, going to hopefully have a healthy array of weapons when Tyler Eifert comes back. But the Steelers, to me, have a few too many uh, question marks with the suspensions and, and injuries and things like that. Um, and then it's just, the Ravens are a mess. I want them to be good, I want them to get this together, but it's just there's just too much happening there, there's too many moving parts, it's just not working for me.
0: How about the AFC South? I again none of these teams really excite me but I think that Broncos Weiler is going to turn out to be a decent Quarterback Lamar Miller signing Looks like that could work out DeAndre Hopkins one of the top receivers I I like Houston To win that division And I think Throw Indianapolis and Jacksonville In a bag for second and third I don't know and then Tennessee Unfortunately even with another year Of Marcus Mariota and The dual monster running back there I I just don't see them getting out of the Basement yet
1: Yeah I just I think that the rest of their division got better and they kind of stood their ground. I get that. Yes, they tried to make additions. I just don't think it's going to come together yet. I do like the Titans as an organization. I just I don't think there's any way you can really justify them winning this division right now. Um, you're a lot more excited about the prospects in Houston than I am. I don't think Brock Osweiler is the answer there. Um, I'm not sure he's a huge upgrade over Brian Hoyer, if at all. Lamar Miller and I have a history of not, you know, being compatible in the fantasy world. Uh, Again, if you've listened to the show in the past, not a favorite of mine. I don't love the signing there. Um, I'm not sure it's a good fit. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I have some serious doubts about this Houston offense. I think that with Andrew Luck coming back, if he can stay healthy, I think the Colts are going to win this division. I like the Jaguars a lot. I think they might still be a year away. I think there's there's a lot of young guys. There's a lot of things, they, kinks they still need to work out. And I think the Colts, uh, they just, I think they're going to be able to edge them out. But I think this division's going to be a little more interesting, uh, you know, standings-wise. And and coming down the stretch, I think there's going to be a lot more intrigue here than maybe in some of the others because it'll be a tighter division, but not necessarily for all the right reasons.
0: AFC West, this one is. To me, the big wild card is, does Denver have any kind of offense? Because if they do, I think you can make an argument that they win the division, but I don't think they will, and therefore I'm going to pick Kansas City, although it's a bit of a homer pick. I'm going to pick Kansas City to win the division, followed by Oakland and then Denver and San Diego.
1: Interesting. Uh, I'm going all in on the Raiders. I think they might be a year away from being a real contender in the playoffs, but I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to... uh, Do it convincingly, and they're going to... They might win a playoff game. I don't think they're going to make a deep run here. Uh, But I I like what they're doing. Um, I just... None of the other teams in this division really, like, make me, you know, excited about their prospects. It's not like I have... I feel like they're head and shoulders above anybody else. Um, But I I just think that the Raiders have quietly gotten better in a lot of areas, and I think that it's going to be the difference. Denver... I think we'll make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a wild card team, but the, we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback from one week to the next. I just like I don't I don't know if they have an answer on their roster right now. Um the Chargers are going to be better than they were last year. They can't be that bad again. But they have just so many issues with like where are they playing next year, with injuries, with age, um that I I just think that it's too much to overcome and the Chiefs while they're good, I just don't think they're better than the Raiders right now.
0: All right, so who are your wild card teams again? Denver uh, and the other one?
1: I'm going Denver and Jacksonville.
0: Okay, so, so that should make for a pretty interesting uh, playoff um, yeah. series. And who do you have going to the Super Bowl and who do you have winning it?
1: Well, uh, I have the Cardinals. I, I've got them going all the way. They are my Super Bowl pick. They are my Super Bowl winner, and I think they're beating. Uh, I think they're beating the Broncos this year. I think they're going to make it back. And again, this is these are big ifs here, but I think it could happen.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we differ on the Broncos, and that I just don't see them. You know putting together enough offense no matter who their quarterback is. Well, for me, quite
1: frankly, I look at the Broncos over the last couple of years, and they've been overcoming the fact that they've had a less-than-elite quarterback. And, yes, they had Peyton Manning, but they didn't have Peyton Manning in his prime. I mean, heck, they won a playoff game with Tim Tebow. They can do anything.
0: Uh, There's a big drop-off between Peyton Manning of last year and Tim Tebow, and, you know, even probably a drop-off between Tim Tebow and – Trevor Simeon or or some hey, people Lynch. could be on a
1: major league roster this time next year. Well yeah. <laughs> if it is,
0: it's probably some sad sack team like the Padres or the Diamondbacks probably, or somebody. Probably the but um, so we'll
2: see. Anyway, we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> so So I actually had Oakland and Pittsburgh as my wild card teams and I'm gonna go with I actually agree with your Super Bowl pick of Arizona but I think they're going to beat Cincinnati rather than Denver I
1: I mean I could see that happening I just think that Denver overall with that defense I like a little bit better than Cincinnati's chances but I would love to see Andy Dalton finally win a playoff game that'd be nice I mean if he could get to the Super Bowl that'd be even better
0: (laughs) I guess you have to win a couple playoff games at least to get to the Super Bowl I mean it certainly
1: helps pave the way I will say that
0: <laughs> okay, well, on that. So I there you have it. We have a show
1: consensus that the Cardinals are going to win the playoff or the Super Bowl this year.
0: So any Weird. final words before we go? I just want to mention that if you are um, looking for fantasy advice, I have a series of customizable preseason projections available at fantasyfootballsherpa.com that are kept up to date reflecting all the latest injuries, cuts, um, suspensions alien abductions, anything else you can think of. It happens. It's all reflected in the rankings. So, Yeah, yeah those so, rankings
1: are, are a phenomenal tool. I would prefer if you didn't use them if you're playing in a league against me, but I mean to each their own. <laughs> um, but also, uh, we will be back every Wednesday night throughout the season uh, from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll be giving you not only your season-long fantasy advice, but your uh, daily fantasy sports advice. So, any of your daily fan duel, your DraftKings, we'll be giving you your sleepers, your good picks there, all that good stuff. And we are more than happy to answer your questions all week long. You can find us all over social media. Uh, you can email us at the fourth and inches show, the number four, THN inches show at gmail.com. Uh, find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa Facebook fan page. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, fantasy underscore Sherpa. That is obviously the Sherpa. I'm at JKIM16, and the show is the number four THN Inches show on Twitter as well. So we're all over the place, always more than happy to talk football, fantasy football, all that good stuff. Um, And like always, good luck this week, unless you're playing me or, in this case, drafting against me, then I'm not wishing you good luck. (laughs)
0: Okay. One last question for you before we go. Colin Tevernick, is he on a roster next week? And if so, which one?
1: Colin Kaepernick is on a roster next week, and at the rate my life is going, it's probably on the Cowboys, which I maybe wouldn't be as upset about versus having Mark Sanchez.
0: Okay, my prediction is that he will not be on a roster next week or that if he is on a roster, it will still be San Francisco's. And Actually, I'll say that's my prediction, that he's still with San Francisco next week. I just think in this day and age where coaches want tight control over – everything that they're not going to trade for somebody that they perceive to be a distraction, no matter how talented he is. So No, nope, but the Jerry Jones probably... likes the
1: crazy, and Chip Kelly's a control freak, and I don't know how, how much patience Chip Kelly's going to have with something like this when he clearly wasn't a big fan of Kaepernick to begin with when he came in. So I think there's a okay, chance he's point. going to be seeing a new home, but we'll see. All
0: right, good point. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, have a great week, everybody, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Take care.
2: Bye.